the TTC is trying to get back to pre-pandemic levels, Karen, and, and I'm sure you're watching this, a lot of the news stories, and, and you understand how the cycle works, a lot of these news stories aren't necessarily encouraging uh, to getting people back uh, taking the subway or, or even taking things like the GO train, riding Metrolinx, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, there's no question. And, um, I, you know, there's so the TTC is battling a couple of things. And, you know, number one, ridership is down um, after the pandemic. People work from home now. And number two, it really is. It doesn't feel like a safe environment. Uh, the TTC used to be the place where people could feel comfortable commuting to work. But I took the TTC downtown and there was crack pipes. There was incidents. There was um you know, it just doesn't have that same feeling of safety, and you don't want to target certain individuals. Mm. But there is a real increasing sense that that the TTC is being um, used as a shelter uh, for many people, as opposed to a transit system getting people from A to B. It won't take much, will it? Because customers have, um, you know, don't have an, an an endless flow of money. And when if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, that might be it for that restaurant. Bad experience with an airline. Uh, same thing. Um, if you feel frightened or you feel confronted or you feel you have to turn away too often when riding transit and you have access to a car, you're going to choose the car. And the, and these numbers tell me that clearly this isn't you mentioned the work from home. Clearly, there are people saying I'm choosing an alternate way of transportation, even though I still need to get from point A to B. There's no question about it. And it's reflected in the congestion in the streets mm-hmm. and, you know, and what we're seeing all over the city. And, you know, there is a level of violence that's occurring. You know, the, the TTC is an example of the level of violence that's occurring throughout the city. And it's concerning. And it, it's, you know, there's this rush to action. But the reality is, I don't, I don't think we fully understand uh, this difficult and challenging problem. And so we definitely need more police presence at the, at the stations. We definitely need more constables on patrol. Um, we definitely need to make people start feeling safer at the TTC and cleaning it up. And But it, it's a complex problem. Karen Stintz is our guest on Toronto Today. When you were chair of the TTC, how bad were problems of, of violence or intimidation or, or, as you mentioned, open drug use? How bad were they then? To be honest with you, the, the challenges that we were confronting were really around performance of the TTC. Delays and um, cleanliness and people just not enjoying the experience. But there wasn't the sense that they weren't safe. It was the mm-hmm. sense that you know they didn't get there on time, um, which was a much different issue to solve. And so while we were able to make gains in that regard, this is something that as chair of the TTC, I never experienced. And we're seeing so many struggles as well with uh, with, with the homeless population. Um, n- never mind just getting to the horrific story on the weekend. It, it may be the worst story I've ever seen uh, in Toronto, the news yesterday. Uh, and we've had some bad ones recently. But I, I, I think about it, and clearly there's people documenting that the subway and, and subway stations are being used almost as an extension of homeless shelters. And that's not what they're there for. And and those people aren't safe sleeping in there or residing in there, whether they suffer from mental health issues or not. This is no solution. No, there's no question about it. And uh, I'm at Young and Eglinton, and there's um, a, an encampment at Young and Eglinton Station. And mm-hmm. people walk by it every day. And it, 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 it it's, it's frustrating the sense of powerlessness that there's nothing that we can seem to do. And there's the call to not clean up encampments and not move along homeless people. And yes, I understand that it might seem unkind, but the reality is it's not safe. It's not safe for anybody to have PTC and public spaces turned into encampment shelters. It just isn't. What fixes it? How, how do we get all levels of government to somehow 
unite for for all their differences and say Canada's largest city is pretty important here and and it's it's important for tourism it's important for residents there's only so much you can do about cost of living there's only so much you can do about congestion on the roads but what fixes some of our issues well there you know there is a call for more shelter spaces and which is I, I think a needed call um, and then there has to really be a commitment to using those spaces and this idea that people can just kind of move in and take over and put up a tent in the park or hang out and have an encampment at, at a subway system shelter or a subway station, we have to take a stand and say no. We, we, need, we need to find a solution that does not include claiming public spaces as shelter housing. And they have to be done together because people need to go somewhere, especially in the winter. They need, there needs to be places for people to be and stay warm and be safe. But mm. uh, our public spaces are not that. Karen Stintz is joining us on Toronto Today uh, with Greg Brady on 640 Toronto. I mentioned these two horrific stories, the, the Vaughn condominium shooting Sunday and and this incident of eight uh, teen girls, a couple 13 and 14-year-olds, no less, charged with second-degree murder uh, of a homeless man. You're passionate about Toronto. I, I am, too. I, I think so many people listening care so much about the city. Do you worry about our city's reputation globally? Like these stories were not not going to go viral and, and end up on every newscast in major cities all over the world. And they're two awful stories within about 72 hours. Yeah, there's no question. And, and so when I think about it, I'm like, well, clearly that man, I mean, how did he possibly get a gun, first of all? And second of all, there's a series of um, incidents that clearly demonstrate there was a mental illness for the fellow who shot the condominium board. And so, you know, question number one, how are we dealing with people that are clearly suffering from mental illness that need support and help? And number two, you know, how did he get a gun, um, first and foremost, because we pride ourselves in, in not in being a safe city. So how did that happen? And number two, like, how we need to understand how on earth these, these young, these girls that were unconnected came together with the intent of causing mischief to the point they were armed. Like, how does that even happen? And, you know, certainly it was a discussion I had with my kids about what, what don't I know about what's happening on social media and is there anything that I need to be more paying attention to because how could this possibly have happened? How'd your kids react to the story? It's, it's just gross. It's graphic. It's terrible. It's awful. My son actually, he, he's 18. He said, well, there's a desensitization to violence that is occurring because of the games we play, the things on social media, the memes, TikTok. You know, you just, you don't realize that it's not it's not show it's real life and there is something that we need to start paying attention to um, as parents and as you know users of this of these apps but you know what kind of messaging is, is are our kids taking in and I know that this is not a new conversation but it's certainly highlighting for me that maybe I wasn't paying attention close enough. Well, it made me think about it and not to uh, out you on a Wednesday morning. You and I are pretty close to the same age and our parents were very much like, you can't buy that album. You can't listen to that song. And they were like, like we grew up kind of in an era of censorship for that kind of stuff. And I would make the case our generation still turned out pretty okay. So whether it's that leap to social media, whether it's that leap to, uh, all this sharing and all this tension. I, I can't figure it out, but, uh, you know, bad. There's always going to be bad people doing bad things, Karen, but it just yeah. seems to have elevated. We never would have would have comprehended a story quite like the 13 year olds when we were 13 or 14. Oh, my God, no. I mean, you get on your bike and, you you know, you, you, you drive until the streetlights are on. Right. But you don't you certainly don't get together with random people carrying a knife to go cause mischief on downtown Toronto like that. That, I can't even get to that, figure out what happened there. And so I certainly hope 
that there is an investigation as to how that occurred because we need to know.